and it's a really special time, and you can talk to Guy about that, but it's where they hand out boxes with all kinds of goodies to the staff that work at the orphanage, and it's, it's great. I mean, it's from lotions and all kinds of different product to tap giant bottles of Tapatio and stuff like that. Um, we're having another family fun night. It's on the calendar, August 26th. It's going to start at 5, and it's going to be at Jason and Melissa Slauson's. So I don't have the address, and it's not, we'll get it for you. So next week, we'll have an updated flyer, and we'll be going on the, we're going to have, they have a pool. We're going to provide hamburgers and hot dogs and drinks and chips, and then if you want to bring salads or whatever along those lines. Um, but yeah, another family fun night. We'll have a bounce house. The pool will be open. It's just going to be a, a fun time to be had. There's a Mexico meeting after church today, if you're going. Um, September 24th, we'll be having a barbecue thing in Cayucas, the beach. We'll be going on a beach trip after church, so everyone's invited. This isn't a youth group function. This isn't a family fun night function. This is a everybody function. We'll be doing a baptism, and if you want to talk, be baptized, talk to Guy. Uh, the dates are in the bulletin. Information's there. Later this year, October 29th, this is kind of my last one, but we're having, it's a get to know the leadership here, and it's going to be the opportunity to take a membership class. And I'm sure Guy will expand on this more eventually, but this is going to be, if you want to become a member, a voting member of CLC, this is the class you'd have to attend to do that. Now, what this looks like is we're getting together and eating and spending time together and praying and just really kind of hearing the vision and hearing what's available here at CLC. And that's what really this, uh, that time in October looks like. And so the date's in the bulletin, and if you're interested, check it out. So right now, we're going to have the kids come up. Yeah, my man. <laughs> oh, perfect. Is that for you or me? Okay. You have a cough? Please stop, Abby. Look at you guys. Lord, we just thank you for these, these wonderful faces, and we just ask that you would prepare their hearts, Lord, and just let them receive what you have for them in your word. Speak through these teachers and bless these teachers as they just pour into these, these children. And Lord, we love you. And we thank you for the children of our church. Amen. I'm so glad you're here. I kind of surprised Lloyd this morning. He walked in, he was here early, and I looked at Lloyd and I said, where have you seen God this week? And he looked at me and kind of like, what do you mean by that question, Pastor Guy? So let's see if you guys do any better than Lloyd, all right? So I told Lloyd to open your eyes and you'll see God in a lot of different ways. And not that Lloyd didn't, but he, didn't, he wasn't really like, maybe I surprised him. So next week when I see you, I'm going to ask the same question, and you're going to say, Pastor Guy, I was at the coffee shop, and this is where I saw God. So how about you? Where did you see God this week? Chad, where did you see God this week? Why don't you just grab the mic there and, and just kind of share just a little update and where you saw God. Are you ready? There we go. He's up there, a little closer to heaven than us. Um, thank you so much for all of your prayers. Um, it's pretty awesome. I can see you guys in the pews, even though you're a little blur blurry. Um, so Woo! It's awesome. So um, right now, uh, I have what's called a bandage contact lens on my eye. Um, they're custom, custom making uh, the eventual lens that, that I will have on top of my eye. Um, at that point, I'll actually be able to, to hopefully point you guys out and say, okay, that's Stephen. 
that's Janet, that's Corey from up here. Um, so, but yeah, so God, God's been doing some really, really awesome things. I went to my retina specialist, and um, he was able to look at that, that part of my eye, and I have absolutely no damage to the main part of my eye. So the main part that you see, I have a little bit of damage to the peripheral um, uh, of my eye, but, but nothing, nothing substantial. So, um, awesome. Amen. That all happened this week. Is that good? Did God show up? Did God use a doctor? You bet. Did God use our prayers? You bet. When uh, Chad had that accident injury, God told him that he's in control. And it's been two and a half years. And guess what? God is still in control. Where else did you see God this week? Just slip your hand up. Where did you see God... It doesn't have to be like a testimony of like an eye. Just where did, where did you, in a sense, uh, connect with the God that loves you this week? Anybody want to share? Right here, Rick, Rick's got one. Order. Turn around. Stand up. <laughs> I want to give God, give God the glory for... Uh, procedure this week and uh, everyone thank everyone for their prayers not just recently but over the past year or so uh, I'm I'm seeing that God has given the medical profession expertise and skill and knowledge to keep us going uh, I see Vicki and I praise the Lord that she's here and uh, Everywhere I turn, I see God. I, I see God when we meet brothers and sisters at Walmart and, and care for each other. So God is great. I am blessed to be here, and I'm very thankful. Amen. So I share with Lloyd. Just say, Lord, show me yourself this week. And Lloyd loves the Bible. So before church, Lloyd is reading God's Word, which is pretty cool. I mean, he comes early and reads God's word. And I'm thinking, Lloyd, you find God right here, this book. And he looked at me and said, you guys know who know Lloyd is? This is Lloyd right here. I know that David and Story and you have gone out to eat together, huh? Amen. You find God in a lot of crazy places. So I'm with Jason's family. And I get a call. And this is Alina. Did I say it right? Alana. And Alana's dad's name is Jeff. And Jeff has been fighting cancer for what? About a year and a half. And so he had a stroke. And things are grave, which means they're tough. And uh, what does, where do you meet God in that? And uh, I didn't even remember dad's last name. And so they wouldn't even let me in the emergency room. Imagine that. If you ever try to get into the emergency room without knowing the patient's name, it doesn't work. So what type of pastor am I? I can't remember the guy's last name. But I knew that Christy and I wanted to be there. And uh, there they were, sisters and uh, sons of Jeff. And we met right there in the hallway. And we, we met God. And we prayed. And it was still like, is he well enough to transport by helicopter from Twin Cities to UCLA, which is a pretty big transport. And as we, right when we were praying in that midst, the word came, we found a helicopter and we're taking your dad to UCLA. It was like, God shows up even in, in moments like that. So we're praying for your family. And uh, I'm praying for the heart of Jeff. I know he's confused. I don't know if he really knows all what's going on. But as we pray together, God's going to show up because that's what God promises. Anybody else want to share just a, a place and a time that God showed up this week? So this is not like stories of saints 100 years ago. Amen. This is like right to this week, today, or sometime this week. <laughs> Ours was yesterday. We went to the beach, and it seems like whenever we're just together as a family and outside and enjoying nature, we, we just, it brings us closer to the heart of God, I feel like. And so we're driving away from Cayucas Beach yesterday where we spent hours tide pooling and playing in the water with the kids. And 
and it was just me and my kids in the car, and we just start, my one, Abigail's singing the song, and Ruth says, Dad, that song, that CD's in the player, just hit, just hit, turn the music on, and so, like, I hit play, and then we're all worshiping together as we're just driving down Highway 1, and it was like, so then we were, like, played it, like, three more times, and it was just, you know, it was just glorious, being able to worship with my kids, and as we're driving, and after we've you know, burned ourselves in the sun and recovered in sand. And it's just like, man, Lord, you're just a, a great God. That's how, that's how your God shows up. And if, just open your eyes and say, Lord, I want to see your glory. And this is to me when, like, your Christian life gets exciting. Because we see the battles. We feel the, the, sometimes the oppression. We feel, we feel when the bills come our way. We, we know that part. But God's going to show up period. And we just have to open our hearts there. Anybody else want to share a, a God moment? I call them God mom moments or a God story. Here comes Pam. Amen. <laughs> well, I think our God moment was at the fair. We went um, to see Phil Wickham and we got there early, pretty early. You know, they hadn't opened the Frontier stage yet, but started to get in line and there was a long, long line of people wanting, waiting in the sun, a lot of them, to see Phil Wickham. And that was just a blessing. And then, of course, my shy, shy husband starts talking to all the people that are in line around us. And then when we get in, he talks to the people that we're sitting by. And so it's just, it's, it's a blessing that he talks to people because then I get a blessing out of it as well. Um, because we meet all these wonderful Christian people from all over, and it's just fantastic. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at Scripture today, and, and it was so great because Lloyd had his Bible open, and I said, this is where we find God. We can find God every time we open Scripture because it, it's His Word, it's His truth, it's, it's our foundation. And, and as we open up that word and as we, we begin to, I'm going to say, walk with God and have a relationship with God, uh, then we begin to see God at work uh, in us, through us, and around us. And that happens at work, that happens at home, that happens in your neighborhood. God is not limited to Sunday morning. Amen? I mean, God loves Sunday mornings, but he's not limited to Sunday morning. And Lloyd asked me, you mean like at church? I said, well, I hope God shows up this morning. Uh, Bible promises that if we come in his name and, and we gather in his name and we speak his word and we fellowship, that you're going to, he's going to show up. And uh, what we want to do is, in a sense, it sounds kind of funny, bring a pocket full of God in with us. Like all weeks of experiences, all weeks of worship, the word that we've written and read, the word we've hidden in our heart, the, the, everything, we kind of bring it. And then, then we, like, like that back wall, we haven't talked a lot about it, but I spend time and I just keep writing amen. I just, I, I put Jeff's name on there this morning uh, that God would do a miracle there. I, I, I need to put some more circles up because all the circles are full. And when God answers, we update. It's just crazy to see how God shows up through prayer. So uh, anybody else? We've got one or two more and then we're going to jump into God's word. But don't let me forget to take the offering, okay? Because we haven't done that yet. That's your job, boy, to make sure you're pastor guy. <laughs> this, this is Sandra, right? Right. Okay. This kind of try, ties in with what Pastor Guy was doing. And, and what I do, and my son says, Mom, you shouldn't do it. You don't know. But what I do when I leave places or go into places, things like that, and I've been shopping or whatever it is, as I'm leaving, I always say, God bless you. Have a blessed day. And my son says, Mom, you don't know that they're a Christian, and I said, well, that doesn't matter. I'm opening the door and saying, God bless you, and getting a smile. And that's all I wanted to say is that, you know, that's what I'm doing and getting God back kind of that way. Ties into. So that's a great point because not only do we see God, but then we're able to partner with God. We talked about partnering with the gospel last week. And that word partnership with the gospel and was amazing because the gospel is so big 
and so important and so powerful, transformational, that we're able to partner with the good news. We're not the good news. We're a partner with the good news. And by just saying, God bless you, by opening a door, uh, these crazy people at, at Smart and Final don't know who I am. I'm in there like, where are you going, Pano, Pastor Guy? I mean, they call me by name. Are you going to Mexico again? It's just, been, it's just fun to, to talk about partnership with God. Not so much like, look what we're doing, but look what God's doing. I see a hand back here. So this is when the Christian life gets exciting. When you begin to partner with the gospel, and when you begin to have the gospel in you, and then you begin to see God around you, and pretty soon you're going to start praying for new opportunities. Uh, to open your eyes to just be the difference between just being there and then being placed there by God. Amen? In your homes, in your marriage, uh, in your finances, God's going to show up. Here we go. I just want to say that this morning, I didn't really want to get out of bed. I didn't want to come to church. I just have been in a kind of a slump this week. And I never gave up on God. But as I went into the shower and the bathroom and I just closed the door and I just started lifting my hands, praising him, asking him for help and strength. And I come out of there with such joy, I could hardly wait to get to church. And I just thank him for instant answers. My brother is also, who so many have been praying for him, Dean. And he's now in Idaho with my brother and his wife, and they went camping the other night, and he ended up the next morning in ER again. Uh, they've had to do gallbladder surgery on him, and they've st as of last night, they still had him incubated because they want, afraid they may have to go back in. But I just praise God in all of this that we've had our brother back for some, from so many years of drugs and worry about him and pray about him, and God has given him the chance to get back to where we've always wanted him. I know he trusts God, and God is in control, and we all, the family, are feeling that and feeling peace. So if he doesn't make it, we know where he's going to go, and it just, it's so, it's just amazing. That's all I can say. It's just wonderful. We rejoice. Let's pray for Dean right now, who is in the hospital, right? And then Casey, he sits right up here, and he's just, uh, he looks kind of military. He used to be military, and he's in uh, ER right now, too. I don't know all the story, but we can pray for Dean and Casey. And that's the daughter of Danette, or the, the son of Danette. And so that's kind of the connection. So, Lord, right now, uh, we gather in Jesus' name. We pray for Jeff all the way down at UCLA. And, Lord... The word yesterday was, uh, if he's strong enough, they're going to remove that cancer from his brain tomorrow. Lord, we pray for strength. Lord, uh, meet with Jeff. He's kind of a rascal. But Lord, you love rascals. And Lord, meet Jeff. Meet him in his heart and in his thinking. Lord, meet him uh, tomorrow in Jesus' name. We pray for Casey. I don't know what's happening, but Lord, we pray for Casey. We pray for family. Uh, Lord, we pray for Dean. He's been on a long journey. And Lord, sometimes uh, he has drinking from the wrong cup. Sometimes, Lord, his roots were planted in areas that uh, were worldly. And Lord, we pray now, Lord, that he would drink of you, living water. And Lord, that that new man, uh, if you take him soon or if you give him breath, Lord, that uh, you know his name. So we pray for these special needs right now. Loved ones, family members, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Chad, do you want to show that picture up? Do you have that? Or Lizette? Okay. So this is in Templeton. And this is the Mount family. Jeff, Allison Mount's kids. And they're going to Mexico with us. And there's, there's a family of four. And so they're outside their house. Can you read what that says? It says, and I wrote it down here so in case I couldn't read it off the slide. Free lemonade, chocolate chip cookies. Then it says, grateful for donations 
for the orphans in Mexico. And they're having a little missionary fundraiser. That's where I saw God. So I got that on my phone. And people ask me, so guy, why do you, why do, you do missions? Isn't there enough to happen like right in our town? The answer is yes, there's plenty in this town. We would never have to leave, and we could still do ministry right here in Paso Robles. But this is one of the reasons that I think God has called our church to missions and called us to missions because here's a group of kids who are going down the door of faith, and now they're raising money, and God is going to give them a what? 20 boxes. What God wants to give them is a mission's heart. Because when God puts a mission heart in a young person, they're going to end up in New Zealand, and they're going to end up in Australia, and they're going to end up in South Africa. They're going to end up partnering with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I when, I, when my phone beeps, it's not always God. Agreed? But at this moment, and I'm just getting to know the wife. Jeff is a high school teacher, and amen that he's going, and he's kind of part of that team. He goes to ABC Church in Tascadero, but here's his kids uh, loving and reaching out to the orphans. Amen. So that was where I saw God through a text message just yesterday. So the, here we go. Uh, the uh, 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 see ushers, please come forward. <laughs> They're all saying, "Pastor Guy, we got to get this thing done because <laughs> you're going to keep talking. You're going to forget." The Lord has been faithful. Thank you for your giving. Uh, last month we made budget. Uh, this month we're on target to make budget. Uh, so, Lord, budget is not just a bottom line. It has to do with hearing from you and being involved in you. It's about ministry. And, Lord, your ministry is not just about buildings. It's not about events. It's about relationship. And, Lord, as, uh, as we give our tithes and our offerings to you, it's about ministry. It's about loving one another. It's about loving you with all our heart and our soul and our strength. It's about this vertical and horizontal. It's about uh, the gospel. So, Lord, uh, thank you for each one that has given faithfully of their hard-earned money. There's never enough money. We know that, Lord. And so when we give, it hurts sometimes. Sometimes we don't know how it's all going to work. But, Lord, you tell us to be faithful in our giving. So, Lord, uh, help us as Christian Life Center, as the pastor, and as each one to do your work, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for receiving the offering. Uh, so we've seen God in, in the hospital hallways. We've seen him in Templeton giving away always like free lemonade, but donations are appreciated. Chocolate chip cookies. Uh, we've seen God has put together a mission team right now of 59. And next Sunday after church, we're leaving. And uh, that's family and teens and young kids and parents and college age. And all I can say, it's God. It's amazing what God has put together. Uh, I was walking the fair. Uh, it was Chad, Preston, uh, my, my wife and myself, and we come into this cluster of a bunch of youth group kids. And they're just, they're having fun. And guess what they were getting ready to go do? Was go to the concert. So there they were, just loving one another. Uh, we were over by the Marine recruiters. I think the, the young men over there are pretty handsome. That's a good pastor word. They use the word hot, but I use the word handsome. Uh, they were doing pull-ups together, uh, but they were giggling, and they were like, okay, we're leaving, Pastor Guy because we're going to go get good seats at the worship time. And I saw Jesus. Uh, it wasn't just friends. It was people like, you know, you hang out with your friends, but I always say when you come through the church doors, you don't pick your friends. Everyone in this room is your friend. And we honor and we respect each other. And we love one another. And we have to model that. Uh, like at school, you, you can't be with 2,000. They all can't be your friends. But when we come to church or youth group, you know, we're connected. We're, we're united in Jesus. The unity is not in a car or a love for cars. The unity is found in Jesus. The, the unity is not found in a style of worship. The, 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 the unity is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And so 
uh, we're trying to live that out. I probably got 10 different text messages, and they weren't cool ones. They were, I mean, they were cool, but they weren't pictures. We're like, we're here today, Pastor Guy, or we're here, or we're visiting, or pray for us. And so, so amen, we're connected, we're, we're united. And so we're going to look at uh, Psalms chapter 1, and we're going to look at, uh, we're going to find God in this, in this passage. So Lord, as we open your word, We can't, we can experience you. We can see you. But Lord, every time we open your word, your word is alive. And it's that revelation to our soul. And there's warnings. There's good news in this passage. There's bad news in this passage. Uh, six verses. And Lord, there is a ton of Jesus found in these scriptures. And we pray that we'd open our eyes, oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many chapters are in the book of Psalms? Anybody know? A lot. That's a good answer. <laughs> How many chapters are in the book of Psalms? 150, which makes it the largest book in the Bible. And so uh, Psalms 1 is kind of like an introduction uh, to the Psalms. How many people love the book of Psalms? I mean, how can you not love the book of Psalms? And I've never really looked at chapter one as like the introduction, like, okay, so we're going to set kind of a pace. And so here we go. And the writer of Psalms one just goes for it. Uh, and the word is to delight. And the word delight means to find your pleasure or find your happiness in the truth of God. Uh, for all who enter the book of Psalms, delight in the word. Find pleasure. Find your sense of happiness. And there's also in the book of Psalms 1, we're going to read in a moment, there's a, it's a book of contrast. There's just six verses. But it's like contrast city. Uh, sharp contrast between the ways of the righteous and the ways of the wicked. If you're righteous, you'll be like a tree. If you're wicked, you will be like chaff. Everybody know what chaff is? Who wants to explain chaff to me? What is chaff? Tim. Because you call it trash, but it's, it's called chaff, right? But it's, it's, it's useless. And it has to be separated from the wheat or from the grain, correct? And your dad used to do that, right, of some sort? And, and so the righteous are like a tree, and the wicked will be like a chaff, a seed covering, a husk. Uh, also in Psalms chapter 1, it says, If the righteous, your ways will be known and attended and protected by God, even into the glory. If you're wicked, you will end in destruction. So all of a sudden, if you're reading Psalms 1, which we're going to read in a moment, you're going to say, wow, where, what camp do I live in? Am I, am I on the righteous camp, or am I kind of in the, the area of wickedness? Am I more like a tree, or am I more like chaff? It says, the righteous delight. My mom had a dessert called striped delight. And when it came out of the refrigerator, whoo, we found pleasure. Whew. And it was gone. And we always had to save the last piece for dad. That was one of our rules. You never ate the last piece of anything in my house. Even striped delight, you saved it. But when, so when I see the, the word delight in scripture, I, my heart thinks of one thing. Sorry. Food. Like delight in what is about to happen. And the writer of Psalm says, define delight, find your pleasure, find your fullness in my word. Meditate it on day and night. The righteous thinks of God's word, reads God's word, speaks God's word, and obeys God's word. And what does the wicked do? The wicked scoff or mock the word of God. What a difference, what a contrast. One of delight and one of joy, and one of pleasure, or one of mocking, and scoffing, and laughing. They even heap scorn on those who follow God's word. So we're going to look at a chapter of, of contrast. 
a, a chapter of, of again, the, the, what's the, the difference between a tree planted by streams of living water and the wicked are like, like a husk and really very, very useless. And I'm glad that God has, I at one time was chaff, and because I realized how desperate and how much of a sinner and how wicked I was, he breathed life into me. That's the good news. So let's read this together. We're going to kind of read through the, just the six verses. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or seat in the seat of mockers. But, contrast, the word but, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Chapter, or verse 3. So what happens when you uh, delight in the word of God? What happens when, when you're not sitting and you're not standing and you're not walking with the sinners? There's a contrast. Verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. Who's ever been along a little stream and the trees like are planted there? And as you leave, maybe leave the stream and you, as you kind of head up into the hill, some of these trees are like, oh, how do they live? They're in a little crack of a rock. It's like, Lord, if I was planted, I think I'd prefer to be planted by the streams of water. And I could drink whenever I wanted. And those crazy trees that are kind of in the crack of a rock, they only get a drink when it rains, and, and they, their, their roots go down, they're searching for water through granite. And the Bible says... He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Here's the contrast. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff, and the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. But the Lord watches over the way of the righteous." Contrast, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. What an amazing introduction to this book of 150 chapters. So verse 1, blessed is a man who does not do three things. What are the three things that a man is blessed if he does not do? Number one is, okay, walk in the counsel of the wicked. What's the next one he says we do not do? We do not stand in the way of the sinners. What's the other thing we don't do? We don't sit in the seat of a mocker. Wow, what great advice. So kind of, let's look at those, uh, those positions. Uh, a blessed woman, a blessed man, a righteous man or woman, a godly man or woman, careful, not, big, big caution, like, don't do this. Careful not to walk in the counsel. That means advice. That would mean uh, the, the way they think of the wicked. Their roots are not drinking of 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 godly nourishment. Uh, they are, uh, we're not to accept their, their advice. We don't, we don't want to walk in the counsel. We don't want to direct our life with the counsel of the wicked. Does that make sense? Uh, so it has to kind of do with thinking. The next says, careful not to stand in the way of the sinners. Uh, not going to station oneself. I'm not going to act or behave like a sinner. Uh, their evil is habitual. Their weaknesses is a way of life. I'm not going to party to their ways or behavior. Of course, the word party, I know he's talking about like being connected or belonging to the sinner. Uh, but the word party in this world has to do with, again, belonging. 
And the word party is a really big word in our culture. And it says, be careful who you party with. I partied with a whole bunch of people last Thursday night. And our, our roots were in the streams of water, living water. I'm getting ready to party with a whole bunch of 59 of us out of Mexico. And it's going to be a party. They're going to be, they're, we're going to have some fun. Uh, it's, going to be a, it's, going to be, it's going to be a blast. And we're going to love on people. And we're going to be challenged. But I'm, when I'm talking about partying, I'm, I'm going to choose who I party with. Amen? You have to choose who you party with. And it's really clear in Psalms 1 is that we're not supposed to party with the sinners. We're not supposed to act like them, and we're not supposed to think like them. We're not to walk with them. Do we love them? Do we reach out to them? You bet. Are we better than them? By no means. The only thing that's different is that we have Jesus in them, and they don't yet. So when we do walk and stand with them, we're praying that they see Jesus in us. And so they begin to say, what makes that person work? Why is that person full of joy? Why can I trust his word? So, so the writer of Psalms is just giving us great counsel. Careful not to sit with the mocker. Ooh, mockers. Not going to belong to them. I'm not going to adopt their fatal attitudes. Mockers ridicule God. They reject his word. And they heap scorn on those who do not follow God. I'm not going to belong to them. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Uh, is there a difference? I live in this world, but I'm not going to drink of their poison. I'm not going to drink of their thinking. I'm not going to drink of their behavior. I'm not going to belong to them. I may have to live around them. I may have to go to school with them. But we are careful not to have our roots into their way of life. Because verse 2, ready? Verse 2, this gets exciting. So where, uh, where do I find my pleasures? Where do we find our happiness? Where do we find our joy? What does the righteous delight in? What does the blessed delight in? What does the godly delight in? And the word of the Lord. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. The word of the Lord. And his law he meditates day and night. We're all going to feed ourselves of something. So what we want to do is we want to learn to delight to enjoy the, the, the word of the Lord. The Psalms is wonderful because you just kind of jump in and you, you don't have to know everything. You don't need to know what kingdom, the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom, who was the prophet. Those things are beautiful to know. But man, you can jump in and just begin to get to know the heart of God, uh, to delight in his uh, word. Uh, sometimes, that, again, that word kind of throws me off because when my mom brought that word, that dessert out of the refrigerator, uh, whew, we, were, we were happy. And sometimes I open the word of God. I said, Lord, give me the same delight and joy and pleasure in your word uh, that I would thirst and hunger after it. As a deer pants after water, so does my heart pant after you, oh God. Uh, I find that pleasure in you. My roots are going to drink from God's truth. Uh, big contrast. Uh, I'm not going to drink and stand and walk and sit with the wicked and the sinners and the mockers. Joshua 1.8 kind of talks about the same, uh, the same principle. Uh, this, you, you're, you're meditating on the God, God's word day and night. Uh, take God's word in diligently, consistently, frequently, and continually. Uh, there's a couple of resources in the back. How many people do the daily bread? And what's, what, what's the, what, what are we talking about right now? What, what word jumps out? Daily. Okay? The daily bread is meant to be what? Read every day. And then, so, so Lord, help me 
take your word. Simple. This is free back there. This ministry sends out as many of these as, as the church wants. You can go online and get these, uh, and they're, they're, they'll send it every day to you. So, like, practically, how do I meditate on God's word? I got, you know, some of you sitting here go, I got four kids. I don't have time to do. I have, right here, a little page. So, Chuck Davis visited with him this week, and uh, he's doing better. He's still in a lot of pain, uh, but he's come a long way. And, and, and in between the hospital and the rest home and his house and back of the hospital, he lost his, what, daily bread. And so I, I, I rejoice. Pastor guy, the next time you're driving by, bring me the daily bread. It's important to him. It's important to you. It's important to me. Not just this style, but that we learn how to eat diligently, consistently, frequently, and continually. Joshua 1.8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate it on day and night so that when, that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. One writer wrote, whatever shapes your thinking shapes your life. There's another resource back there. So I was at the fair, and I saw what? Good news? So child evangelism was there, and they were sharing the gospel right there next to whoever was selling pots and pans. Anybody go by that little booth? And then I, I saw the Gideons there, and the Gideons are all about what? The Word. And they got little New Testaments, and they have this cool little book. And I put some out on the back table, and this is called the Book of Life. What a great little book to kind of start your relationship with. So I gave one to Shelby today. And she's already been like reading it. Uh, so what happened as you read God's word? Did it kind of fill your heart? I mean, it just began to kind of give you biblical information, huh? And just kind of helping. Uh, so those are available. There are so many things available to feed our, our, uh, our lives and our, our, our walk with God. So what, we're going to go to verse 3 and we're going to stop. So I'm, I'm not going to get through six verses. I thought I was. It's okay, though, because the next verses after that are hard because it talks about judgment and it talks about what happens to the wicked. But if we don't understand what happens to the wicked, then we're not going to care for the wicked. But if we understand that their destiny is destruction, we're going to do everything possible to love them and pray for them and to serve them and to feed them and to invite them. And, and if, so... Yeah, but let's look at verse 3. So what's the benefit of delighting and meditating on the Word of God? Verse 3, he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which what? Yield fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Wow. There are benefits for doing it God's way. I'll say it again, and I'll get one amen. There are benefits for doing it God's way. There we go. I was talking to Viviana, which really, like, she likes to be called Viv. For knowing her for all these years, maybe she grew up and now she's Viv. But it's a, it's a, cool, little, it's a cool little take. I saw I love when your dad says Amen. You know, for years I heard him, but I wasn't up here preaching, and I enjoyed it. But when you're up here preaching and somebody says, Amen, brother, I'm going, oh, somebody's listening. <laughs> yeah, see? That would happen if 40 people started doing that. Pastor Guy would be up here dancing. He's like a tree planted. A tree planted. Not a wild tree. Not a tree by happen chance, is when you delight in the things of God, you're planted with purpose, by choice, by, by, by design, and you're, you're somebody's property. Because when you're planted, you belong to someone. And I'm a tree, I'm a tree planted by God, by his living water. And that my roots, because my question is, where are your roots drinking from? Where are you getting your nourishment? And 
God says he'll plant you by streams of water. And I'll use the word living water. And when you, you're planted by God and for God and with God, there is fruit. I had some great fruit this week. Thank you, David's story. Your fruit was amazing. Those little tiny peaches. And I ate the whole bag. God will grow fruit. There's fruit of righteousness, and there's fruits of the Spirit. And when you have tapped into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to have the fruit of joy and peace. You're going to have the fruit of, of generosity. You're going to have the fruit of eternal life. And when you choose to not have your roots go into the world and sit with the sinners and walk with the mockers and stand, and I mean, the world's out there. It says if you plant yourself, if God plants you next to the streams, that you're going to have fruit in your life. And it's going to be his timing and his fruit and for his glory. You are like a tree planted. The location, streams of water, your roots have plenty of nourishment. The fruit of God's righteousness and the fruit of God's spirit is growing in you. Your leaf does not wither. The Lord's tree are evergreens. It's kind of new to me. I'm just kind of like, I'm just reading this week. No cold winter can destroy them. Unlike evergreens in our country, they bear much fruit. So now you're like, wow, that's kind of like, kind of blowing my mind. Evergreen that has fruit. And then the leaves do not wither. And the leaves, I don't know what you do with the word leaf, but it talks about the word signifies truth. So the truth that, that you are getting nourishment, as, as Shelby is reading this little book I gave her, and she's getting nourishment, there's, the truth does not wither. You live in God's truth. And it says, whatever he does will prosper. It's not an outward prosperity, uh, which the Christians most desires and values. It's a soul prosperity, which we long for, eternal life. Eternal life in our lives and eternal life in the people that we love. I'll, I'll just read this last verse. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But, contrast, store up for yourself treasures in heaven your grandkids, your neighbors, your people in your church, the missionaries you support. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven. The kids at Dora Faith Orphanage and the kids down in La Mission and uh, Pastor Gustavo, and we all have a list. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, my son and my daughter. Amen. Those are treasures that we have influence over. But store up in yourself treasures in heaven where the moth and the rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and do not steal. For where your treasure, there is your heart. We're going to stop there. That's the good news. I wasn't sure how. I'm still trying to work on how do you preach the bad news and be smiling because the bad news is pretty bad, and I don't want to be a hell and fire brimstone preacher, but throughout scriptures, there's judgment, and there is, there is hell, and it's kind of crazy. And like, how do you do that with a smile on your face? Other than the good news is so good that in sharing the judgment side, there is like a contrast because there's an option to be a tree planted by streams of living water or to just kind of be the husk. And the wind picks it up and blows them away. I hope you found God in the scripture today. I hope that this will feed your heart. There will be fruit in your life. If you drive by that little stand I showed you, go get a cookie, okay? Let's, let's stand together. worship team could come up. I think we could preach like 10 years if we just stayed in Psalms all the way through the 150 chapters. Wow, Lord, thank you for delighting in your word 
And Lord, if we're not delighting in your word, and maybe we're delighting in something else, then Lord, forgive us. And Lord, give us an appetite for your word. Give us an appetite for your truth. Lord, when we hang out with you, it's like drinking of your truth. And our life is going to be alive. It's going to be vibrant. Yeah, there will still be struggles and problems, but there will be hope. So where are your roots tapped into? Where does your hope and delight come from? And that's where confession and repentance comes to. Because if you're tapped into the, the life of the sinner, hanging out with mockers, chasing after the philosophy of this world, the result is deadly. And Lord, that you've come that no man should perish, not one. team is available up here. If you want to come to rededication, we'd love to pray with you. Maybe this morning you want to come to salvation and uh, you realize that you've been chasing the wrong things. We are, we're going to, going to be up front and we're going to pray for you. And as a lot of you are Christians in this room, you're going to just say, amen. I am uh, going to continue to be planted by the streams that God's planted me by. And I'm going to drink of the water of life. You're going to kind of like redeclare to God kind of what it's all about. So let's worship Him, and we're available to pray with you, to encourage you, uh, to point you to Jesus. Amen.